Hey everyone and welcome back. I hope that everyone had a great and safe New Year's. Me and my son, we stayed in and he barely made it to midnight. He fell asleep at 12.15, but I'm happy that he did make it to midnight. He got to see the fireworks on TV and it was just very chill. So I'm happy that it is a new year because 2018 was trash. So today I wanted to talk about problematic Disney characters and princesses. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this today was because um, I've been wanting to talk about this for a little bit now. And we, me and my son, we watched The Lion King the other day. And that was the first time that he'd seen it. And when I was watching it as an adult, I saw some things that I was like, huh, wait a minute, (laughs) you know? And, uh, you know, growing up, Disney princesses, like, come on. Like, I used to watch it all the time. I was a Disney princess. You couldn't tell me any different. I had the pretty, pretty princesses little game. I had the um, the outfit that you had, the little plastic shoes, the dress. Like, I had that. And my Barbies, you know what I mean? So, it's like, I am for sure a girly girl. So, I loved Disney princesses when I was younger. And it's like, you couldn't tell me anything. And that's probably why I have this like thing with quote unquote happily ever after. And I was always, you know, in the clouds and thought that, oh, yeah, you know, that's how love is supposed to be. Yeah, that's when I was a kid. And now that I'm an adult, um, yeah, Disney princesses, some of them are trash. (laughs) They do not send you a very good message to little girls. And I get it. It's cool to watch. They're pretty. They have nice dresses. They get the guy at the end. But as an adult, like when I'm watching these, I'm just like, huh, interesting. (laughs) You know, like when I'm and I really sit down and watch like some of the Disney movies that I used to love. And it's not just princesses. It's some of the um, the morals of other characters as well. And when I was looking up some things um, just for this episode, I just wanted to see other, um, you know, thoughts and think pieces, if you will, about the princesses and just Disney characters as a whole. Um, The lists that I have are my own lists. um, But first, I want to start with the terrible lessons that Disney princesses taught us women. (laughs) Um, So first of all, number one, and these are in no order, but uh, true love's kiss fixes everything. And I kid you not, it's you fall asleep and true love's kiss is, is going to make it all better. It's going to wake you up. And it's like, first of all, I don't like being bothered <laughs> when I'm sleeping. Don't do that to me. So that's issue number one. Um, and then I'll get into this one a little bit further when I talk about this princess. But... Um, Number two is you need to change who you are and give up your talent for a man. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Um, Number three, and this is a huge thing that I hate that as little girls, we always are told, oh, if he's mean to you, that means he loves you or he likes you. You know, if he pushes you down on the playground, he throws things at you that means he likes you um okay first of all like you're being aggressive you're like knocking me down you're putting your hands on me so that means that you like me yeah that's trash um number four you should forgive lies and abuse and you should also think that you can change his horrible behavior and it's really sad that like some of these um princesses that i do have on my list 
Again, that's something that, you know, some women think, oh, you know, I can change him. I can be the one to change him. I can tolerate it. And, you know, you have to forgive him because, you know, I want to be that woman that will change him or I want to be that one that can say that he changed for. So that's another thing, in my opinion, that um, Disney princesses have taught us that it's okay for him to be mean to you and lie to your face. And, oh, oh, well, well, he loves you. So it's okay. You you can forget about it. All that matters is love. It's like, no, (laughs) Um Number five is the reward is always marriage and a happily ever after. Like, seriously, they had no, to me, they had no other goals other than marriage. And a lot of these princesses were 16 years old. (laughs) I mean, really, that was a goal. Like, and again, this goes back to, you know, as little girls, when you watch these little movies, it's your goal is to be a wife and a mother and happily ever after and get the guy and marriage is all that matters. And it's like, n- no. <laughs> um, and again, I will get into that one a little later. Um, let's see. And also on that, you disobey your parents and your reward is still marriage. <laughs> Again, I will get into that a little bit deeper with a few of the princesses, actually, and some characters on that. And then last one is your stepmothers are evil bitches. I mean, I kid you not, like all of the stepmothers were mean. They were evil. And it just sucks because it's like in real life, some stepmothers aren't like that. Some stepmothers are loving, caring, kind. And it's like the way that they're portrayed on Disney movies is that they're bitches. They're mean. All they care about is beauty and the princess is prettier than them or less than them. And they're just they're evil as hell. I mean, come on now. Take Cinderella's evil stepmother. Um, And then another thing that I just thought of is the moms are non-existent. It's it just seems like they always have stepmother like the moms die. They don't have a female, you know, character to guide them i mean in brave you know her mother was a queen so she was there but it's like cinderella ariel bell (laughs) um snow white they all they didn't have mothers so i mean that's just to name a few off the top of my head but i honestly think that's ridiculous how they portray these women as you know evil stepmothers and it just reminds me of um 90 day fiance i'm currently watching the um current season and let me tell you i'm addicted to that shit and it reminds me of eric and leda who is evil she's she does not care about her now husband's kids so basically she's her stepmother she doesn't care about his kids she only cares about hers and i feel like again with cinderella it's the same thing you know and i'll get into that in a little bit later but it's the same thing they're evil they're mean they don't care about anyone else other than themselves or their kids if they have them so let me tell you <laughs> I, I went into like a deep dive on this topic because it kind of bothered me um so switching gears here uh I have first, I'm going to start with something positive. So the non-problematic characters, in my opinion. Um, So number one, Moana. Um, I like the fact that she wasn't thinking about marriage. She wasn't thinking about dating. I love that about her. She wasn't focused on that. So that's why I feel like she's non-problematic. I mean, I know people did. um, I 
was reading and listening to some people saying, oh, I wish, you know, that she would have gotten with The Rock's character. And it's like, for what? Like, why does the girl always have to be with the man? Or why does the man always have to help her or save her? So I loved that she wasn't looking for marriage. She wasn't talking about marriage. And she damn sure wasn't dating. Number two, Mareda from Brave. Now, let me tell you something. <laughs> At first, I honestly didn't want to watch this movie. Um, and then my son, he randomly had turned it on and I kind of got hooked on it and I love her because, um, first of all, she was a tomboy. (laughs) She really wasn't, uh, you know, quote unquote normal princess and her mom didn't want her to have a bow and arrow. And she was kind of, you know, annoyed that her husband gave it to her. And her mother also tried to arrange marriage with her. And Mareda wasn't with the shits. I love that part where she had the three suitors and they were supposed to do the bow and arrow for her hand in marriage. And Mareda stepped through that bitch and was like, I'll play for my own hand. And I love that about her. She didn't want to get married. She didn't want to her mother to choose someone for her. She wanted to just do her. And I love that. Number three. Meredith Blake from The Parent Trap. Now, it's funny because when I was thinking about this one, it's kind of like, huh? Like, she was a bitch. Yeah, no, she was a bitch. But as an adult, again, watching this movie, The Parent Trap, the one with Lindsay Lohan in it, those twins were little shits. (laughs) They kept messing with her and antagonizing her and messing, like they were messing with her. She wasn't going out of her way to be a bitch to them. They were doing things to her, especially on that camping trip. They were doing things on purpose to drive her away. And she reacted, in my opinion, as she should have. She was like, oh, hell no. Like, no, she was a bitch to them. And to be honest with you, some instances, I feel like it was warranted. Number four... Sadness from inside out. <laughs> and I know this is weird because, you know, she was a Debbie Downer, the like half the movie, but that was her emotion. You know, she was true to her emotions. She was sadness. You're, she was sad. She wasn't supposed to be happy. She was supposed to be a cloud of darkness, you know? And um, she was herself. She didn't change who she was. And I feel like Riley was sad about moving and needed to feel that emotion. And sadness came through. And I feel like, she was a great character in that movie, even though some people are like, oh, she's annoying. She just whines. She's, you know, complaining all the time. Well, that is sadness. And that's what Riley was. She was sad that she was moving. And I felt like sadness along with disgust, but more so sadness was true to herself. And, you know, I love that about her, that she didn't change who she was, even though um, Joy was a bitch to her. <laughs> Number five, Dory from Finding Nemo. Um, I love her because uh, she had memory loss, but didn't let that get her down. And she just kept going. I just love when she says, just keep swimming. It was such a cute movie when I first saw that with my son and he was obsessed with it. And I also love that she was a great friend to Marlon. Like she literally ran into him and she helped him, you know, like she was a great friend to him and he didn't you know, ask her to help, but she did it even though she couldn't remember anything. And then when she finally did remember, she came through when it was time. So I love that about her. And I feel like she's non-problematic and she's, she's a great friend. Number six, Vanellope Von Schweetz from Wreck-It Ralph. (laughs) Um, 
the first time I saw this movie, I thought that she was just so damn cute. Oh, she was so cute. And I loved that she was a loner and she was okay with that. She did not want friends. She didn't care to have friends. Um, she was a competitive racer and she stuck to who she was. She wanted to race. And even though people were like, oh, you have a glitch and, you know, you can't win because you glitch all the time. She was, you know, she stuck to who she was. And she, even after she found out she was a princess, like when it was all revealed that she was the princess of Sugar Rush, she did not change who she was. She didn't want the big dress. She wanted to keep her hoodie and her little outfit on that she had and the candy in her hair. Like she was herself. And I love that about her. And she was so damn cute. Oh my God. I loved her when I first saw that movie. <laughs> Number seven, Mufasa from The Lion King. I mean, do I need to say any more? He was a great leader and a great father. Next. Number eight is Ralph from Wreck-It Ralph. There is that one scene where he was mean to Vanellope Von Sweets, but everyone was so mean to him and I felt so bad for him because he was bullied. Like in that game, I get it. He, his job was to wreck things and fix it. Felix was the hero and he was supposed to fix things. But it's like after the game was over, because, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen, you know, Racket Ralph. Spoiler alert, <laughs> they were in a game. And so when the game was done and everybody went home for the day, they were so mean to him. So it wasn't just a game, you know, like they were just mean and horrible to him because, you know, he was a slob and he smelled and they were just mean. And I get it. He wanted to be a hero. And in Vanellope's eyes, he was a hero. And I just, I love their relationship. It was really cute. And then I took my son to see Ralph breaks the internet and, you know, Vanellope was his best friend. And I just thought that was so cute because I felt bad. He was bullied and he just wanted to be seen as something other than being bad number 10 um mrs incredible aka elastigirl from the incredibles um i loved her because she was a faithful wife she did take a back seat um from crime i mean i know they were um supposed to be in hiding but she raised her children she was a faithful wife to bob aka mr incredible um and what I think is funny about this movie is because to me, it's real life. Like when she thought that Mr. Incredible was cheating on her, she punched, she punched the girl and then asked questions later. And to me, that's like real, you know, in real life, like a lot of women, they go after the girl and not their man. And I mean, to be honest with you, she did punch the girl, which I thought was funny. She found the hair on his suit, didn't say anything to him, which to me she should have. But when she did find him, she went and found him herself. She was strong. She knew how to fly planes. She wasn't scared of danger. She went to go rescue her man. And even though she thought he was cheating, it was so funny to me because after the fact that she punched that girl and Mr. Incredible told her, hey, like, what are you doing? This isn't what it is. She basically told him to, like, watch your damn tone talking to me. And I love that because she did not let him talk to her any kind of way. She stood up for herself. She was strong. She could fight crime by herself. And I also love in the second Incredibles, it was her time to shine because she took a back seat in the first movie. The second movie was all about her. And I love that the second movie, it was focused on her fighting crime. And he was the one who had to sit home and he was bored. So <laughs> I loved that. And I loved her. In that movie, she was funny. She was real to me. Number 11 is um, Judy Hopps from Zootopia. 
Now, when I first saw this movie, I thought it was really cute. I took my son to the theater to see this one. I loved her because she didn't give up on her dream of being a police officer. That's all she wanted to do since she was a little little bunny and she was the cutest little thing. And she was bullied by pretty much everyone. Um, and she was told she wouldn't amount to anything more than a stupid carrot farming bunny. Um, her parents thought that she shouldn't believe in her dreams. I mean, her dad told her, oh yeah, it's cool to have dreams, but you shouldn't believe in them. So, I mean, basically everybody was cutting her down, telling her, you know, she basically just needed to stay and just be a carrot farmer and work for her family but she had bigger dreams she wanted to go to the city and when she did that I mean she goes there and they put her on like parking meter duty and then she ended up breaking the whole case on um the scandal that was happening within the community and I loved that um she also called people out and stood up for her friends like in the beginning when um it was a fox, I believe, who was messing with one of her friends and she stepped in and she got hit and she said she was a great friend. She stood up to them. She called people out and despite people bullying her, she still believed in herself no matter what. I mean, even though there was one part where it looked like she wanted to give up, she believed in herself. And I loved that about her, that she was determined and she didn't let it get to her. She didn't let it get her down. And I loved that, you know, about her. So this is where we talk about the ancient people. Uh, so these are the problematic characters and Disney princesses. So, and these are, in my opinion, in order from the least to the most. So I'm going to go in order and there's 12 of them. <laughs> so trust me, when I got on this, I obviously could not stop because I found issues with these 12 <laughs> characters. Um, so number one, Anna from Frozen. I don't see the hype about this movie. Um, I watched it once and I didn't get the hype about it, honestly. My son, he watched it and he wasn't <laughs> impressed by it. I mean, he liked Olaf. I think Olaf is the only person that I like in this whole movie. But uh, getting back to Anna. So basically, she falls in love with the first guy who gives her attention and wants to marry him. And even Elsa kind of told her, uh, you can't marry someone that you've just met. And she didn't listen to her sister. Um, and then when he betrayed her, the first guy and lied to her because he was basically trying to use her to get, um, the kingdom, like he wanted to be king. So after he betrayed her, she, she then decides to, I guess you can say settle with the second guy who was in her face the whole time. And again, this is relatable because, you know, some women and men, I'm not going to just say it's women, but some, you know, people, they will just go for the one that's giving, giving them the attention. And then the person who's right for them is right in their face. And I feel like she wasn't, um, she just wanted the guy who was just giving her attention. And first of all, she didn't really know him. She didn't know either of these men. And I mean, such is the theme for Disney princesses. They meet a guy for like five minutes and all of a sudden, it, you know, they don't know anything about them and they want to get married. So Anna is my number one. <laughs> number two, Elsa from Frozen, her trash ass sister. <laughs> 
So the reason why she's on my list is that she is rude to everyone, was mad at everyone because of her own powers. I mean, she locked herself in a room when all Anna wanted to do was play with her when they were kids. She was just mad at the world. And it's like, okay, sis, uh, I get it. You know, you have powers and you didn't want to hurt your sister. But why are you mad at everybody? <laughs> you know, your sister didn't think anything differently of you and you still were a bitch to like everyone. Also, what I didn't like is that she froze the whole kingdom and didn't give a shit about how it affected others. I mean, she did a whole like castle palace for herself and sang that dumb song that I hate that I just can't. I hate I hate that song. The cold never bothered me anyway. Um, Okay, girl, it probably bothered the townspeople, bitch, because they were cold. Your sister was cold when she came to visit you to come find you. She was freezing. Yeah, that's cool that it doesn't bother you, but it bothered other people. Number three is Peter Pan. Okay, first of all, he flies into the kids' room uninvited. I mean, breaking and entering much. Um, he basically kidnaps them and lures them to Neverland. I mean, come on now. The kids' parents were trash because they left them home alone in the first place because they wanted to go out. Now, I'm not sure how old Wendy was, doesn't really matter, but she left them there and, you know, they left him there and I don't like that. Then when he takes them to Neverland, which has a horrible and racist representation of Native Americans, first of all, being betrayed, I did not like that. Again, these are movies that I watched when I was a kid and I thought that, you know, oh my God, that's so cool. I want to go to Neverland and Tinkerbell's so cute and she's on my list as well. And it's like now watching it, it's very racist and it's a horrible, like how they represent Native Americans. I mean, the Lost Boys are wearing headdresses. Hello, cultural appropriation. And also, they're making stereotypical, you guys can't see me, but quote-unquote Indian sounds. Like, really? Really? <laughs> Need I say more? Number four, Cinderella. So, Cinderella is problematic to me because, uh, she, first of all, she was pretty much a slave to her stepmother and stepsisters. I mean, if you really think about it, I'm trying to figure out if it was her dad's home and then her stepmother and he died and then the stepmother took over. I don't know who had the money. Doesn't matter. But she had to clean that big ass house. <laughs> she was a slave to them and they were mean to her. Like, I'll give them, like, I'll give her that. They were mean to her. She led a very miserable life and had mice as friends. I mean, you know, they helped her out at, in like the last minute when they helped her with the dress and did all that. Okay, cool, whatever. Um, then she leaves to go to a ball and falls in love after one dance. <laughs> and my thoughts on that is instead of marrying the first man she met, she should have left her stepmother's house. Now, I know this is a movie. It's like, oh, she was probably like 16. She had nowhere to go. Her fairy godmother couldn't have put her up somewhere. She didn't have a cottage to go to. Her little fur, like furry friends, her forest friends couldn't find her somewhere. I just feel like marriage just seemed like the answer to her problems and to get away. And it was a way out for her. And I felt like she didn't know this man. <laughs> and then, of course, he's going around the whole like kingdom and town that he's in. And he's looking for this one girl 
that he fell in love with and trying to put shoes on everybody in the town. And it's like, okay, what? (laughs) You know, like she was like right in front of your face and you didn't recognize her. Like, again, I know that the evil stepmother locked her in the, in the room, but it's like when she came downstairs, he didn't recognize her. I get it. She had on this pretty dress. I mean, to me, as an adult, like when I look at it, all she had on was a pretty dress and her hair was up. That's about it. And one thing I could say that I love about this is how the evil stepmother, her face, like when she said, oh, you know, I have the other shoe after she had tripped the dude and he broke the glass slipper. Now that I was like, pick your face up, bitch. Like that was funny to me. Like, I love that part where the evil stepmother got her instant karma, like right in her face for being a messy ass bitch and being rude um, and evil pretty much. Um, Also, I think it's funny how Disney tries to portray like, oh, happily ever after. And it's like, if you read the Grimm's brothers, (laughs) Cinderella, she basically cut off half of her foot to put the shoe on. And that's why I'm like, wow, like when I grew up and I I like started figuring out like who the Grimm's brothers were, that's when I was like, damn, like these are some very dark, like children's fairy tales. Number five, Snow White. So first of all, she runs away because she's prettier than the queen, aka her stepmother, which I've already said that, you know, stepmothers are made to be evil. And I mean, yeah, this woman was, she, she kind of was jealous of her beauty. I mean, she was kind of petty too. So basically she's on my list because she breaks into a strange house in the forest, doesn't know who it belongs to, to sleep in their bed. And she also just cleans up their house. I mean, first of all, like that's breaking and entering for number one. And then you decide to just be like seven strange men's maid. Don't like that. And number six, Sleeping Beauty. Um, okay. So first of all, she was asleep for half the movie. Um, so yeah, that was her own doing. Um, one of her fairy godmothers wishes her beauty as a baby. So, okay. So not to be smarter, kind, anything like that. Just beautiful. Cool. Got it. Um, and then basically she, she was warned by her fairy godmothers all her life to avoid strangers. But of course they let her outside and she starts singing and she meets a prince because of course, I mean, this is the prince she was supposed to, she was arranged with by marriage when she was a kid, when she was a baby and he looked at least like five years old. Um, so she meets a random man in the forest and tells him where she lives. I mean, your fairy godmothers all your life. We're telling you to not talk to anybody, to avoid strangers. And what do you do? You basically lured him to your house. And that's why Melissa Fint found you. And that's why she was in that damn deep sleep by her own doing, because she decided that she wanted to go outside and sing a little ditty in the, in the forest. Number seven is Aladdin. Um, yeah, he lied to get a girl. (laughs) I mean, he lied. 
So, yes, he was poor, but why Why did he have to lie? It seems like the moral of the story was Jasmine wanted to marry for love, not status. I mean, her dad kept trying to arrange marriages with princes, and she kind of seemed like she didn't want that. I don't know if it was because it was a prince, or I don't know if it was arrangement. I don't know, but the point is, it just kind of seemed like she wanted to marry someone that she actually cared about and loved. Um and he didn't think that he was good enough for her. And it's like he met her on the street when she escaped the palace. And it seemed like they had a vibe going on when he was himself. And then also, why didn't she recognize him? Like, all he had on was, like, Prince get up. And, I mean, he looked the same. He wasn't in a, in a disguise. I mean, he lied. And then... I just, I don't know. I just don't like that he lied. And it's like, oh, she's a princess. She's supposed to forgive him. And oh, no, he lied to her, you know, about something serious. He was a prince. Like, what if she went off and married him and then like left her palace and had they have nothing? Because again, he was poor, you know, like, and I don't like that. I don't like that he lied and she just still fell in love with him anyway. And it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Number eight is Joy from Inside Out. Okay, so I love Inside Out. I think it's a really good movie on emotions. Like, it teaches children to, you know, be okay with their emotions. And I like that. When I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, this movie's so cute. And my son said, I'm disgusted. <laughs> he said, I'm disgusted because disgust has long eyelashes. And he said, that was me. So I'll take that. It was really cute when he told me that. But back to Joy. So I think that she's on my list. And I know that she's on my list because she's very narcissistic. Okay, first of all, she believes only her emotion matters. I mean, every time you see her, she's the one controlling Riley and her emotions. And it's always supposed to be happy, 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 happy. And she just is narcissistic about those little memory balls that they had. And they were all yellow and whatever. It's supposed to be joy. And it's like, okay, cool. But she was a total bitch to sadness. I mean, the point of joy is she's supposed to be joyful and happy. But she was hella rude to all of the emotions inside of Riley. Like, the point of the movie was Riley moved away from her friends. She moved away from her home. They went to San Francisco, and she was not happy. And Joy, being the narcissistic bitch that she is, she did not want any other emotion, you know, to take over Riley. When Disgust was like, ew, we don't like broccoli, Joy wanted to sit there and be like, oh, no, you have to like broccoli. Like, I get it. She was trying to look at the brighter side of things, but she was a bitch. She needed to let all the other emotions that were inside of Riley, which was fear, she had to leave. So it was fearful of her first day of school, meeting new friends. Disgust was that <laughs> how they had like broccoli on pizza. She was angry that she had to leave. And she was sad above everything else because she had to leave. She had no friends. She didn't leave everyone. And Joy was blaming it on sadness, telling her, oh, you're supposed to be happy. She was not happy. And I do not like that about her. She was a bitch. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> Number nine, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. And it hurts my heart to say this. <laughs> it hurts my heart. Like, I had to take my rose-colored glasses off because, to be honest with you, Belle is my favorite Disney princess. And I refuse to think that she 
was problematic, but she is. And the reason why I loved Belle so much is because she reads and I love to read. And it was the first time I had ever seen a Disney princess doing something other than sitting there waiting around for a man, waiting around, you know, oh, I want to be in love. I want mirrors. She read. She was educated. She loved to read. And I love that about her. And she basically sacrificed herself in place of her father. And that's something else I loved about her. However, (laughs) now, like as an adult, she was actually kind of rude to the townspeople in the beginning of the movie. They were singing to her, telling her, bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. And the whole time her head is stuck in a book. So basically she was ignoring the people. They were saying hi to her. She was rude, to be honest with you. I mean, like, come on now. She's like, I want more. I want more than this, you know, little town. Okay, we get it. But to me, that was screaming, I'm better than everyone in this town. And it was just, it was just shitty, you know, like they weren't rude to her. Gaston was a little prick. He was narcissistic. And that's the only thing that I can say about bad about anybody in that town. It just seemed like everybody was nice to her in the beginning of the movie. And she was rude. I mean, other than the the guy in the um, bookstore who would give her books, she was nice to him, but everybody else, she was just walking past, ignoring, and they were saying hi and good morning to her. Um, also I just didn't like the, the fact that the beast had anger issues. I mean, let's call it what it is. Yeah. He told her to stay out the West wing. I get it. It's his house. He told her to do something. She did it anyway. He yelled at her. He was rude to her. Okay. He had anger issues. He was yelling at her, demanded her to come down to dinner. And then when she didn't, he told her to starve. (laughs) What? You know, like it was just, and then she falls in love with him. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm reading these things and it's saying that she had Stockholm syndrome, you know, where she falls in love with her captor. And it's like, she wanted to change him. And again, the issue that I have is, you know, mostly like as women, we always think, oh, we can change them. We can make them better and all this other stuff. And it's just sad that like, oh, it makes me so sad to say this about Belle because she's my favorite. (laughs) But it's like, he was mean. And I mean, you see why he was turning to the beast anyway, because he was mean to that older woman and she put a curse on him. And so it affected the whole castle and he didn't care about that. He was just mad at everybody. And he was, he was an asshole and she still fell in love with him anyway, because she thought she could change him. She thought she could have him be proper and do all these things. And I mean, come on now. Like, I'm sorry, Belle. Love you girl, but you're on my list. <laughs> 10 is Scar from The Lion King. I mean, do I even need to explain why? Um, First of all, he killed his brother to be the king. He was way too greedy for the crown. He was a horrible leader. I mean, let's be honest. He was jealous of his brother. Mufasa was a leader, and he was jealous of that. He didn't want to wait in line. I mean... And then he said it was his own nephew's fault for getting him killed when he set up the plot to be king anyway. And he also tried to kill Simba. I mean, like, how more trash can you get? Like, we watched, me and my son watched this the other day, and it just, like, every single time I watch this movie, and I'm just like, oh, God, you all are going to have me sitting here tearing up in the in the theater on this live-action movie when he says, long live the king. Oh, my God. Trash. Oh, God, Scar, I hate you. <laughs> Number 11, Tinkerbell. Mm, Okay. (sighs) Tinkerbell from Peter Pan. First of all, she was narcissistic as fuck. 
Um, she hated Wendy almost immediately. <laughs> I mean, she did. Uh, she wanted to have Wendy killed by having the lost boy shoot her with a slingshot while flying in the air. All because she was jealous of the relationship between her and Peter Pan. And then had the nerve. Like, she was livid when Wendy didn't die. I mean, she turned red. She kicked a flower because she was upset that she did not die. What? <laughs> like... Tinkerbell was supposed to be this cute little fairy that flew around that was Peter's best friend. She was crazy. Like, she tried to have this girl killed. Like, because of a guy. Like, and then she got mad when Peter saved her. When she almost fell, because they did shoot her down from flying, she fell and Peter saved her. And that made her even more mad. And when they were going to kiss, she pulled her damn hair. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it's like, girl, you should have made your move on Peter. You should have said you liked him. He obviously didn't know, probably didn't care because you're trash as hell for that. When he saw someone that he did like, you tried to interfere with that. Such is life. I mean, come on now. But I mean, as far as a Disney character, she's evil as hell. And I don't like that. And she's narcissistic too. Bye, sis. Number 12 and the final character saved this one from for last because this is the most in my opinion problematic character and it is ariel from the little mermaid okay i can talk all damn day about this and why she's trash first of all she changed who she was for a man a man that she saw a man that she knew all of five minutes um she signs a contract by a sea witch to give up her beautiful beautiful singing voice for a pair of legs to impress a man again that she just met he saw her all of five seconds, passes out, can't remember her. He kind of remembers he might have seen her. I'll give him, oh, he probably was knocked unconscious and he didn't remember her. But he felt something when he met her. She's trash, in my opinion. Also, because her friends are sea creatures. I mean, hello, she's like half of a fish. And when she was at Eric's dinner, the chef is clearly making seafood for dinner and Ariel doesn't flinch, doesn't cry, isn't sad that her sea friends are being cooked and served. I mean, Sebastian almost got cooked and she didn't have nothing to say about that. No, all she was focused on was Eric and getting him to fall in love with her. But of course, see, this is what your trash ass gets because you signed over your voice for a pair of legs to impress a man and ursula still got that ass because she turned herself into a beautiful woman and took your voice and tr and almost got eric <laughs> i mean that's on you sis because you decided to give up your talent and your family pretty much because her family can't live on land and she decided to leave her family for a man again that she just met when i was a kid i used to think oh my god her dad is so mean why wouldn't he just let her be with the love of her life okay first of all she was 16 so he had every right to tell her to stay her ass down at the bottom of the sea and she decided to disobey him anyway and uh, what did he have to do? He had to fight Ursula at the end. And what was she rewarded with? Oh, <laughs> marriage. So you disobey your dad. You almost die. You give up your voice and your beautiful mermaid fins for a man that you just met. And you're still rewarded by marriage and getting what you want. Trash. Oh, 
<sighs> well, that is the end of my episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.